This is South Africa's classic station. Love the classics, love our music. And of course, I hope you love the conversations that we have. So author of My Money, Gerald Mwandiambira uh, is joining us uh, online talking about funeral plans. And some people uh, do prioritize their funeral plans than other investments such as, um, you know, different investments that you find from different banks or maybe from the JSE. They, they just prefer that. And um, they, they would prefer to be buried with dignity. But, you know, we all differ. Different strokes for different folks. And I just want to know from the author of My Money, what he thinks, what's his uh, perception, or should I say, not perception, what does he think? Because I'm sure he's handled a few, you know, investments and knows what's best. Gerald, good to have you on Radio 2000 again. Always a pleasure, Bertha. And yes, um, funerals are very important to a lot of people. And the funeral policy is something we need to really discuss because I think there's also... Um, an element of misinformation or lack of knowledge because some people actually take out a funeral policy thinking it's some sort of investment where if you die, you're going to leave your family uh, money to be looked after and then they'll be able to to have a a comfortable life in your absence if you are the breadwinner. The problem is that the funeral policy is designed for one thing, to pay for a funeral and the cost associated with that burial. And yes, sometimes they'll throw in little things like groceries for a, a year or airtime, but that won't change your children's life if you died. It's a, um, some people take out funeral policies thinking they're actually taking out life policies, which is something slightly different. A life policy actually pays out a lump sum on your death to your family, and that lump sum is usually calculated according to the needs of your family. So if you've got a two-year-old child, they'll work out how much your child needs until they're 18. So... It's important we clear the air that a funeral policy is for one reason, the party. It's to pay for the party where they put you down. Now, (laughs) some people say, I don't care about the party because whether I die and I don't, or when I'm dead, no, I'm going to be buried. They know. Someone will bury me. There's never anyone who's ever been sitting there for years where people haven't buried. So I think that's one thing we need to clear up. Another thing, brother, is that because you're paying for a party, you can't have 10 funeral policies on yourself because you're only going to be buried once. The same thing as trying to say, I'm going to take out 10 car insurances so that if I have an accident and I write my car off, I go and get 10 new cars. It doesn't work like that. If you've got more than one policy, all they'll do is they'll aggregate them and they'll take out the value of the highest policy and divide it amongst themselves. So it's important to realize that on your own life, you only ever really need one policy. Because you're going to die once, not twice, not three times. And it's important to realize, yes, sometimes you say I take out two policies because at work they'll only cover me and my immediate family and I want to cover everyone else. So maybe you need two. But for some of us who are listening right now, we've got four, four, five, six policies. It's not a policy where you're going to enrich yourself. It's actually designed to pay for one thing, the day of the party when they say goodbye to you. Wow. And you've well put, Gerard, well put. It's, it's a party. And I don't want anybody to have a party. If they want to have their party, they must bring their own drinks. No, nowadays, as you said, it's a very intricate affair. There's after tears where people, for the whole day, it's, it's, a, bring it's a, a full bottle. day affair now. Yeah, no, they eat the lunch and then after that it becomes a, a proper party. So if, if that's your lifestyle, it's fine. But just remember that if you're really thinking about saying, I want to leave something for my children. It's not a funeral policy. You want to get a life policy, which means that you'll be able to leave a much bigger lump sum. Now, here's the secret, Bertha. Mm-hmm. If you were to take out a 50,000 rand funeral policy, you're probably paying more. 
then you would be paying if you took out a one million rand life policy. Really? Lack of knowledge, my people perish. I'm telling you right now here, Radio 2000, you should look at those values. A lot of us are rushing into this thing, 50,000 rand funeral, they're paying five, 600, 700 rand a month, but they could be getting a nice, handsome life policy, and normally a life policy gives a funeral policy for Mahala. Wow. So how, how would you describe a funeral plan that will serve its customer well and cover all costs? What should we all be looking for in such a plan? Well, there's two types of plans. There's plans which give cash, which say, you know what? Yeah, your person has died. Here's a lump sum. Choose the coffin. Choose who you bury with. It's all up to you. You get cash. That's one type. The other type is actually a policy where you are linked to the actual um, undertaker or funeral parlor where they don't give you cash, they just give you things up to a certain value, but they do the actual burying. Um, normally, they'll, they'll make you choose a, ca- a, a, a casket or, or a, a device which will be put in, because now people are having devices, because in other countries, they even carve aeroplanes or whatever you want to be carved in to, 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 get, to go and be buried in. And you need to decide, do I want a cash funeral policy or do I want one which has just got all the goodies, it's got the casket, it's got the food, it's got the transport, it's got the airtime, it's got the groceries, but you get no cash. Whereas others will pay you a lump sum and you decide, you know what, no, we actually don't like this guy that much. Let's just bury him for 500 grand and the rest of the money, let's do something else with it. When did we start thinking like this? Because I would like to believe in the olden days, you die, you just get buried. Ah. I think this is where we're getting a convergence of African culture and Western culture, where, yes, in our villages, you died, you were going to be buried. It was not, in fact, death in African cultures is normally not something which is spoken about. Death is not something we prepare for as Africans naturally. But because of the world's Western culture, it's become a big event. You want to have the biggest funeral. Now, even if you look at some of the tombstones, it's a monument in itself. So, you know, I've seen tombstones which have benches and things all over. And, and, and I guess it's us trying to, to say goodbye to our loved ones. But sometimes in that act of saying you don't want to let go of the loved one, it's because sometimes of the loss which you have suffered. You have suffered a loss of income. Your life will never be the same again because that person is gone. And my advice to Radio 2000 listeners is get a life policy. That way they are not going to build monuments. They'll be thanking you every day because their life won't be affected as badly as someone who's the breadwinner who's got all the tenders and they go. Definitely they'll build a monument and cry every day there. Whereas if you have the ability right now, get a life policy, calculate what your family will need if you were to depart today. Your family will be much better off and you'll leave behind a legacy. You don't want to have these continued legacies where once the breadwinner is gone, your children are being farmed out like commodities. People don't even want to look after their children. Whereas if you've covered and prepared for death in terms of a sudden death, people are looking forward to taking your children because they know these children are sorted. Mm. And tell me something. Is there an amount you think we should always say, look, guys, we're not going to go beyond this for a funeral. We, you know, we can't be spending so much for a funeral. I think there's no amount, but under the deceased state uh, administration act, there's an, a limit. I think the the legal limit, which a funeral policy will normally give you, is about fifty thousand. Normally, they won't go over fifty thousand because they they calculate it and look at it regularly. 
um, as to how much a funeral costs. So normally you can't even get a policy which is much more than 50,000. I've seen one or two at 60 or 70. But around 50 is the maximum you can get from a standard policy. Um, obviously you can't determine how much people want to spend because it's about lifestyles, Bertha. If you were to go, you are a billionaire, you want to go out in billionaire style. So you probably wouldn't also have a standard policy because you've got cash in the bank. But for the average person, yes, I would say about between 30 and 50,000, you should be able to put together a decent funeral, lay someone to rest. My bigger question is, when you are now in the ground, what happens to your family? Do they have something to live off? Do they have that lump sum? And that's the big question I want us to really start considering. And if you have multiple funeral policies, ask yourself, am I going to come up and be resurrected for a second funeral because you might not need it? 50,000 rand, that's a deposit for an RDP house right there. I'm just thinking (laughs) aloud. Definitely. I'm just thinking aloud. Now, in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be looking into investment options available to all of us. What is the one thing you think is mostly underrated and needs for us, uh, you know, to to be paid attention to? I think um, the one thing we're not really focusing on is property versus cars. And I think us as black people, we tend to go for the car, not the property. But your biggest asset in life ever for most people is going to be the house you buy so i think we don't pay enough attention to that element we take it very lightly whereas the the home the property is your biggest asset let's discuss it more let's understand the ins and outs of being in a property and why it's better for you to have a property as opposed to an expensive car you know because i think a lot of us are driving around um in one million rand cars when we could be living in one million rand properties Mm. I think, you know what, um, just maybe someone is listening and they have a funeral plan and, you know, maybe we've just sort of like uh, disturbed them a bit and they would like to ask questions. Let's give them an option. Oh, at nine double one zero two thousand, talking about funeral plans. What have you got? Is it really necessary? Or like uh, I like when you said, let's look at life policies rather than funeral policies. Makes a lot of sense for me. But hey, you never know. People think differently. Oh eight nine double one zero two thousand. If you'd like to ask questions, we will take a small break and we'll be back. Radio two thousand. The drive time experience with Ernest Pillay. Portia Marudi is a budding social entrepreneur who, after eight years in education management, resigned from her job to start a bee farm. When did your journey as a bee farmer start? I started in 2012. This was now after my grandfather suggested we go for this course in beekeeping. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it so much, quit my job, and then started the business. Did yeah. you have something, some love for the bees? Actually, not. I was the total opposite. But I think after doing the course in beekeeping, and at the realization of their importance, then everything changed from there. Mm. And the purpose also drove that fear out of me. It's been a sweet conversation uh, on this Monday. <laughs> it's a cheesy pun to the conversation. <laughs> 3 to 6 p.m., the drive time experience. Our Zambo, we know you gave it your all. This generation will give it all to keep the South African dream alive. South African dream alive. Instead of changing the constitution so as to accommodate the just demands of the majority of the people, they are changing the constitution to perpetuate the status quo. The resultant development from that is, of course, continuation of I'm struggling in South Africa. It's going to be as violent and as bitter as it has been anywhere in the world, I think. Our tempo. No one. And erode the values you built South Africa on. Values of service to our people. 
And of course, talking to Gerald Mwandiambira and uh, talking about funeral plans, uh, funeral policies. Which one have you got? Do you have four or five? And if you have four or five, I mean, like he said, you're dying once. It's one party, one day. The other bits and pieces, well, guess what? It's just all a waste. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry to dampen your spirit. Anyway, uh, Gerald, um, I think well, I'm going to take calls. I've, I've got Cindy online too. Hi, Cindy. Uh-oh, sorry. <laughs> I just went to Cindy there. But anyway, I think let me just try a, a random one. Hi, 2000. Hello? Hello? Yes, dear. Hi. Yes, go ahead. Um, um, it's Neo. Yes, Neo. With regard to this, this guy, I'm not sure about the guy's name. Uh, it's Gerald. Okay, Gerald. Um, no, I just want to confirm. So what he's saying is that if you have like two funeral policies, you, like I, I for one have two, ne? Yeah. So I just want to know, should I actually... Okay, I think that's a good... Okay. Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah, Neo, you're back. Hi, Neo. Okay, I think I've lost Neo. I think we've lost her. Yeah. But I think what Neo say she's got two funeral policies she should get rid of one i think that's the question she's asking yes um the thing about it is you need to look at the two policies because on yourself they'll only ever divide the cost of one funeral so yes they'll not they will not pay if each one is fifty thousand and it's on your life they will share the cost of fifty thousand they are not going to give you a hundred thousand i will guarantee you that that is not how it works because um with funeral policies, they'll aggregate the cost. And normally now, because it's all linked to your ID number at home affairs, the moment you die, all of your funeral policies will be made aware that you are dead. Whereas before, yes, um, the systems allowed you to maybe collect from two, three companies, but now the systems are much tighter. If you have two funeral policies, the question you need to ask is, if it's just you, um, you, might, you obviously need to decide which one gives better value to you or to you and your family. If, for example, one policy is work-related, so it's because you work at a certain place and they don't cover all the people you want, then it's obviously going to be necessary to take out that second policy because you have to be the primary insured person in order to cover all the other members of your family. So, yes, if it's just you, you need to make a choice, in my opinion. Um, But if it's you and you've got extended family and one policy doesn't cover extended family and maybe one is for work and it's for free, then you can't really help having two. But the the main gist of the advice is simply or the discussion is that start realizing that with a funeral policy, it works like car insurance. You have a car, one car, even if you had three insurance policies, they will only ever give you one car. Same thing if you have three death policies, they will only ever pay for one funeral. Wow. That's something I also didn't know. Uh, let's go to, is it, uh, I think it's uh, Cabello. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. I have a question, man. I have a policy with this. Uh, I don't know if I can call the name of the company. No, they will sue me from here to Cancun. <laughs> okay, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. The thing is, I have a police, and my friend also have a police. But the other, the other day, my my, my friend, man, he had an incident. His father passed away. Yeah. On the twenty, on the second, the police is that is is their thing. The man on the twenty-five. Then they told him, "You know what? We are only covering him from the twenty-five to the thirty. From the thirty to the thirty-five, we don't cover you. How possible is this?" Okay. Oh, I don't really understand why they would say that because normally they, the policy should be very specific about what they cover. 
But um, I think that one, if the car, if if your friend really has an issue, they need to take it up um, with the short-term insurance ombudsman and basically find out what happened. Normally, the policy, though, however, is in the document. That's one of the other areas, Bertha, which we're not focusing on as um, aspiring wealth creators out there. Mm-hmm. We don't read our documents and policy documents. We're quick to sign an initial, and we assume everything is what we think it is. And sometimes it's not always what we think. So um, it might be one of those cases where the company is saying, well, it's written in black and white and you signed, or it might really be a genuine case which needs to be um, adjudicated by the ombudsman. So my simple advice is look at the policy and if they're not happy, um, go to the ombudsman because without having the specifics, we don't really know um, the true background as to what happened. Remember also with some of these policies, some of them have waiting periods Mm -hmm. and a waiting period means that for the first six months or so while you're paying that policy, sometimes it won't pay out because they want to make sure that um, you don't have this thing. They call it anti-selection, where you know someone's about to die and you rush and you get a funeral policy. Normally, they like to have waiting periods as well to make sure that people are not um, trying to benefit from a policy without having paid premiums in advance. Yeah. I hope you are you're answered, Cabello. Yes, I'm answered. Okay. Yeah. Okay, all the okay, best. All right, okay, bye-bye. Zintle? Hello. Yes, my dear, go ahead. Yes, um, actually, the, uh, my question has been answered up because I wanted to find out about the extended family, you know, when you have a policy and you feel that you need to cover three people, oh. can you take out the second question? Oh, great stuff. So it's been answered. But, but besides that, sorry, better. Besides that, um, what do you do in a case where, where some, some members of the family have taken a, a policy, a funeral policy, act in your name, but they haven't told you anything and they have taken a mm. cover for you without your knowledge? Is there a way around that? How do you approach the situation like that? Okay, now that's, that's an interesting question. Basically, what you could do is you could go to any life company and and inquire. You can inquire to find out if there's policies out there on you. Um, the, the premise of insurance is that there's this thing they call it insurable interest. So for me to take out a, a, a policy on Bertha, there must be a relationship. She must know me in a way which I can have an interest in her life. So um, you can't take out a policy on strangers, although some people do try. I've heard of people going to hospital wards and trying to look at people who are going in the next six months and, and mm-hmm. taking policies. Um, but you mm-hmm. can inquire to companies with your ID number to find out who has taken out a policy um, on you. Um, and normally, mm-hmm. when somebody takes out a policy on you, the insurance company is supposed to contact you to confirm that, indeed, you have, you have an interest with that person. Um, you can't. Mm. normally take out a policy on someone without them knowing because you should have the right to also say, you know what, um, I don't know this person, they, shy, they shouldn't have a policy on my life. And that's mm. the thing I'm saying. Some people are using these policies as a way of gambling or enriching themselves. They're not designed for that. They're simply designed to pay for a funeral. And normally when the insurance companies do find out they have um, fraud, dictators, etc., et, et it's a criminal offense. And you end up getting a criminal record because you're trying to make a quick 20000 If you want to make 20000 listen to this show every Tuesday. Let's do it the right way. Let's not try and gamble or, or try and play lotto with people's lives because it, it, it's not the right thing to do. Okay, Sinclair. Oh, thank- okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anytime. Uh, Gerard, Gerard, we're going to make it very, very quick, my dear. Okay, guys. I just want to say thank you to Gerald. Uh, 
listening to him today, I didn't know that that rule exists about averaging policies. I just spoke to my wife to realize that we've got about three or four policies at different places, funeral policies. So thanks, you guys are great. And thanks. just one quick thing regarding what he said about a funeral and dying one. Yes, it is Western culture because it's like one guy wants to outdo the other. Whose funeral is better and whose tombstone is better. People have lost focus. Mm, and I true. think we need to go back to our roots. Just bury me in the ground, the devil will need a box. Yeah, true. The same Apollo ones are going to eat me, whether it's a million dollar box or a 10 rand box. Yeah. True. Thanks oh, yeah. a lot, Gerard. Thanks, Thanks Emil. Info. Okay. All right. All right. Bye Cheers, for now. Um, Gerard, thank you so much. Just to wrap up, you're launching your new book this week. Tell us more quickly. Well, basically, the new book is out. Uh, my money, before it was self-published, now it's a major publishing house. You can pick it up at all the major bookstores. It's called Malia Imaliam Cheleteyaka, My Money, Mariangu. It's got all the language because in front because it's your money. So go look for it or ask gerald.co.za. Ask gerald.co.za, but it should be available widely amongst the bookshops now. Thank you so much, Gerald. Have a good one. We'll Thank chat you to lot, you next brother. week. Bye-bye for now. All right. Cheerio. Bye.